Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. This is the final word from Bulgaria 1, Republic of Ireland 1 in the UEFA Nations League. Gary, you're back from Sofia, healthy and quarantining now the first day of 14. Um, how, firstly, how was Sofia before we get into the lineup? Yeah, it was. It's a lovely, pleasant city. I mean, it's not really a tourist city, but they're developing a nice cafe culture there. The weather was lovely. It was very pleasant to walk around. Uh, it was strange not having fans there, and there wasn't much of a build-up to the match. But it's a very pleasant city to walk around, and uh, it would have been great crack had the fans been there because it was also very cheap. So it would have been. Um, I'm sure there would have been a lot of beer drank, drank, and unfortunately, it wasn't. It wasn't to be. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, I, I suppose you would have been really, really disappointed coming back with, without a point. But we'll get to that at, towards the end. But I suppose, you know, I think everybody was a bit shocked at some of the players that were left out of the team. I think Stephen Kenny made a bit of a, a statement early doors with, you know, the likes of McLean, Coleman being dropped. I don't think uh, a lot of people seen that coming. Maybe you could have said Coleman because Doherty played so well against uh, Denmark the last game he played. So you could probably would have said that. But, I mean, McLean to be dropped I thought was a big statement because he's usually nailed on to start. But I was happy with it. And, and obviously, you had, um, I suppose we'll go from the back right up to the top and you had Randolph and goal. You had Doherty, Duffy, Egan and Stevens, which I was happy with as a back four. Um, then in midfield, you had James McCarthy, who I think we all kind of wanted in that role. Um, Howrahan and Hendrick, which made sense in my opinion. And then you had Connolly and I suppose Ida and O'Dowd were the two, I suppose, biggest shocks in the team. I thought he would have went with Shane Long. Um, just because of experience, not not that Ida has done anything wrong, but I was reading earlier that like that was his fourth competitive start in senior football, and it was an international game. Um, didn't do too badly, mind you, and we, we will get to that. And you know, Dowda, again, um, a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, what's he doing playing him and stuff like that?" And I suppose, in some ways, he justified his selection in the first half. But again, um, when you seen that lineup, what were your thoughts? Because obviously, you were over there. You know, was was there many other people there besides yourself? There, there was only one one other travelled, actually. It was uh, Paul Rowan from the Sunday Times was there as well. Oh, sorry, with local media. Oh, there was quite a few local media, all right. Yeah, what was the general buzz then uh, when, when you see the line So there wasn't... Yeah, so, I, I mean, my thoughts were it is... Because it's, it's kind of... I And I was kind of going back and forth with like, of Jay Malumby and all that play because he had brought in and brought through a lot of players down the 21s. It was a bit of a changing of the guard. I think Seamus Coleman missing out. Um, and I'm glad he played Matt Doherty, but I kind of, when he had Seamus the night before at the press conference and named Seamus as his captain, I kind of expected him to play then. Um, James McLean, uh, Glenn Whelan, remember, is left out of the squad as well, you know, and uh, he's more or less started every game when, when, when available for the last couple of years. So Shane Long being left out, James McLean, you know, it's there were surprises and it was a bit of the changing of the guard. Now, I don't particularly have a problem with that. I mean, Stephen is going to pick his team, his, his way of doing things, and that was his way of, of stamping his authority on the squad and on the team. So, um, 
I wouldn't be I wouldn't be critical of the team. I was certainly surprised with Callum O'Dowda. I, I certainly was. That was a bolt from the blue for me. The the back four, I mean, well, Darren Randolph was obvious, right? Three of the back four were certainties, and it was whether it was going to be Matt or Seamus at right back. I think a lot of people expected, myself included, James McCarthy to anchor the midfield. And Jeff Hendrick and Conor Horan is not a, a major surprise. You know, probably if I'd been pushed there, They'd have been the two I would have kind of predicted. But I kind of was thinking maybe Jay Malumbi could play. And he might play. We don't want to jump ahead, but he could play on, on Sunday as well. Um, Adam Ida, it's a surprise. I, I was surprised. Now, I know he's a Stephen Kenny type of player. And we don't really have anyone else like him. And as they're saying, he's fourth game of senior football, his fourth start. I mean, he's still only 19. I know he's played a lot in underage. He's done very well right up right up the age groups. He's done really well. And I think he will be a key player. Um, yeah. but I think we're not going to see the best of him for another year or two. So I think the Adam Ida when he's 21, 22, 23, even the Adam Ida actually in a year's time, even actually if we were to qualify in, in June, if he gets, uh, if he plays regularly for Norwich in the championship, it'll really stand him because he'll be playing against men. And I've said this before in general. I mean, it's a big step up from underage football to actual men's football, playing uh, week in, week out. You have to be battle-hardened. And for him to start in a competitive international, it shows how much faith Stephen has in him. And he didn't do too bad. I mean, uh, people were saying he never really look like scoring. I mean, we can go on and talk about this, but I mean, I, I would have more concerns about the creativity rather than the than taking the chances. I, I thought he, saw, he showed some nice touches, um, held the ball up well, brought, brought people into play. So um, I was surprised, as I said, but uh, I not, not really disappointed with it. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I'm looking at the game... You know, you obviously spoke there about creativity and so on. But, I mean, early doors, you know, we were getting the ball down. And I think uh, under Mick McCarthy, Martin O'Neill, I remember once Shane Duffy getting the ball and he looked like he was going to go long diagonal with it and he tried to carry it and he did eventually fell their player. But it was a kind of, oh, we're actually not going to lump it long here. And he was actually trying to pick out passes. I don't think that's his game now. But, look, um, it's something he has to get used to. But I liked as well the fact that when we needed to hoof the ball, we did. Um, it wasn't a case of just trying to play out from the back the whole time. I did like what we were doing, and I did think it was all kind of about build-up play. I liked that fact that we were pressing together. Howard had nearly, uh, well, he didn't nearly score, but he gets a, a nice chance on the volley or the doors. I think that came from Adam Ida. And um, you're kind of thinking at that stage, now, I probably underestimated Bulgaria. I know you were very sceptical and you didn't think that they would be that easy to break down, so fair play to you. Um, but I just, and kind of in the first half, I thought Connolly was a real live wire. I thought O'Dowda was a real live wire. And they were kind of getting amongst things. I thought Ida had a quiet game, but he was doing a lot of back-to-goal work where the ball was coming up to him. He, was, he wasn't giving a whole lot. And I think he's probably better running at goal and I've likened them a few times to Lukaku, who's not very good with his back to goal, but is very good going forward. That's why I think, I don't think Adam Ede is better than Lukaku, or he's going to be better than Lukaku, hopefully he will be. 
But if he can kind of work on his back to goal, he, he didn't get bullied. I felt as though he used his body well and put himself about too. And as you say, um, Adam Eden in a year's time, I think he'll be twice the player he is now. But I think as well, he's not really, he's in pre-season mode as well. I think even if the playoffs come around and he's in the squad, in the squad for that, which I assume he will be unless he's injured, I think he could see a different player even then. Not that he's going to be 10 times the player he is now, but I do think with a few games under his belt with Norwich and scoring goals, I think in the championship, he could be in flying. And I think that would do his confidence the world of good. We still have Dizzy to come back and we'll probably touch on him in the preview. But, you know, I didn't think he did a whole lot wrong. Oh no! Don't get me wrong. I mean, and, and he is still still learning his craft, and I think we're going to see him in green, and hopefully we will for many years to come. I think Romelu Lukaku is a good shout. You know, he's not he's not at that level, but may never be at that level. I mean, he's a top top player in Europe, but he's that style of player. I think that's and I actually remember watching Romelu Lukaku on TV, even when he was coming through at Chelsea, and he did look very raw. And uh, but you could see that there was a really good player in there, and that's that, that's what Everton Everton saw in him, you know. And obviously, Inter now. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I I have, I, I have high hopes for Adamida. I just I was a bit surprised that he started. I think he did okay. Um, you mentioned Callum O'Dowd and Aaron Connolly. Well, for me, I thought Aaron Connolly was actually our best player in the night. I thought he played really well. There's an energy, there's an anger in him, uh, and very positive. Just he's a bundle of energy, and he's very good in the ball. He makes things happen. Um, if I want to be a small bit critical, I don't think there's a huge amount of goals in him yet. Now maybe that will come, but he creates chances. He gets into good opportunities. The time in the first half when he nicked the ball off the Bulgarian fullback and bared down a goal, maybe a little bit more composure he could have he could have scored. But that was to to do that and create that and have the just the footballing brain to do that is pretty impressive. And I, I think Aaron is already going to be a nailed on starter. Um, Callum O'Dowd, I thought he I, I shock as, as I've said a few times, I was shocked he made the starting eleven. His first half performance was superb. He did really well coming in off the wing. He was a threat to the Bulgarians. And at halftime, I was saying, wow, what a call. Great player. Great, great 45 minutes of football. The problem is I don't remember him doing anything in the second half. He just seemed to fade completely. And it it wasn't a surprise when he was taken off. So I don't know whether that's fitness. As you said, it's pre-season and everything. But probably the best 45 minutes I've seen of Callum O'Dell out in a green shirt. So I the decision to, to drop James McLean was probably vindicated. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I know you I remember on our Instagram story, I think you had a thing uh, stapled up after twenty three minutes talking about how much uh we had the ball and it wasn't something we were used to. But what was your kind of thoughts of the fact we were kind of holding on to the ball? It was a very possession based game out People were on talking, the media were on talking to Connor Howard earlier about, you know, they were asking about the passing and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not, the, it's not, I know it's a different style of play, or whatever, but people are getting so hung up. Oh, we had so many passes or whatever. A lot of the passes I thought were kind of backwards and sideways, and a lot of the defenders were doing the passing from side to side to break up attacks. 
But I felt as though in the midfield, we could have been doing a lot more to get players more on the ball up top. I thought Hendrick done all right in the first half. However, him was, was, was okay. I thought James McCarthy was very much non-existent. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was delighted James started and I was delighted yeah. he was fit and I think he's potentially be a crucial player for us because in the, the Glenn Whelan role, as I call it, but I know my, my bias, I've always been a big fan of Glenn's, but I can understand at 36 that his time is is probably past. But I, I thought James is the ideal person to play that role. I don't think he had a good game. Um, he can play a lot better than that. But on, on the, the, the the passing, the style of football, it's a total change. I mean, and that's all you can say. I mean, it's a totally different way of playing the game. Stephen has than Nick McCarthy or Martin O'Neill. Or, or trap, or anyone being going back. I I don't remember an Irish team passing the ball like this uh, until the days of Johnny Giles, which there probably won't be too many who will remember. Now there are pros and cons to that, because we pass the ball, we move it out from the back. We're trying to draw teams onto us to to leave space, and I mean the, the probably the perfect examples of that are. Well, well, I'd say two examples. One would be Bar- the, the Barcelona in their heyday and then teams managed by Pep Guardiola. But sometimes, and the downside is, you can pass yourself to death. So as you said, we were passing the ball around a lot a lot at the back, even through midfield. We didn't really have a cutting edge. And I, I know people kind of jumped down my throat. A couple of people weren't happy with my stat and the way I was saying it. No, the stat's genuine. It, it came from UEFA. It's obviously correct. And we had 63% possession in the whole game. And uh, our passing accuracy was excellent as well. But we didn't really open up the Bulgarians. We didn't really draw them on us. We didn't create the gaps. We didn't have the cutting edge. It's not like we were creating chances and Adam Eda and Aaron Connolly were missing them or anything like that. We didn't We didn't open them up. We didn't. And it could be a question, Mark, do we have the, do we have the players to play that kind of game? Because the downside of the game, and we can go on and talk about this, the downside of playing this attractive passing football of keeping the ball is we leave ourselves more vulnerable at the back. And there's no question that we were more open at the back last night than we were under Mick McCarthy or even Martin O'Neill. But we're certainly a lot more pleasing on the eye. And uh the, the Bulgarian coach afterwards seemed to be quite taken aback with the Irish style of play. Well, I think it's one of these things, isn't it? But people have to realise that with changes of play, you're going to see these types of things. Like People have moaned for years that we just lump it up to nobody and hope for a set piece and try to nick one. Now we're actually trying to play, trying to get... It reminds me very much of when Roberto Martinez took over Everton originally after David Moyes. And the first three couple of games were like that, where the defence were just Phil Jagielk and Silva and this time were just passing back and forward, or back side, back side, back. And it was just going from the left back to the right back and they were trying to break the lines and the fence were just sitting back and just said, right, we'll just park the bus here and then eventually we'll break, uh, we'll break up the play, counter-attack, goal. And that's the way, that's the way it kind of seemed like uh, Bulgaria were kind of setting up. We were very slow in our build-up. The defenders were trying to make things happen. John Egan and Shane Duffy were trying to get on the ball, trying to make things happen. The full-backs, Ender Stevens, in the first half was trying to make things happen. Matt Doherty was very quiet. Um, 
but they weren't they weren't helped. I think by the people in front of them, they weren't helped. I think they should be doing a bit more, and I think that was evident in the second half. You obviously spoke there about us being caught wide open. They had a we had a few scares from the Bulgarian team. They obviously had that header, and they had a couple of other chances where they got in behind, and Darren Randolph came out, made himself big, and your man put it out of play. But though in the second half, then you know the danger signs had already been there, and you're thinking, but I don't know what was going on for the goal in terms of our defence. Shane Duffy was just caught completely off guard. Your man's played in, Kroyev. Uh, it was, I mean, our midfield probably are to blame there too. Heron, um, you know, giving the ball away. And then I think he's come out and admitted he was at fault. But they score. Dan Randolph couldn't really do nothing about the goal. Other than that, I thought he had a, you know, a very standard Dan Randolph game. But, um, yeah, as I say, they, they got their goal. What were your thoughts when the goal went in? I, I thought it was completely yeah, against so- the run of play. I don't know if it was against the run of play. I mean, a little, let me go back a little bit because there were warning signs, as you said, in the first half. And even simple long diagonal balls seemed to catch us out. And they nearly got in a couple of times. Darren Randolph had to be quick, as you say. Even Darren Randolph was trying to dribble out a couple of times. And I know that's maybe a little bit dangerous. I don't think Shane Duffy was that comfortable with the ball at his feet. It is. And I mean, that's probably a lot of the reason that Graham Potter doesn't want him at Brighton. Because, look, Shane is probably the best defender we have, and he's a real... What I know was, an, when I, certainly when I played the game, Shane was the defender. I was I was a right back, and uh, Shane, Shane would be your traditional centre-half. And uh, you, you, you never passed the ball around the back. You were always warned. Um, well, I, I didn't play pretty football anyway, but you were always warned, get, get, get rid of it, yeah. get it up the field, and... If you mess around like that, you're going to give away goals. So that is the risk. And it, and the players are still getting used to this style of play. I mean, Stephen had only a couple of training sessions, this one match. So we are going to get better at that. But the corollary to that is a better side than Bulgaria would really have punished us. Um, Stephen t- talked afterwards about a bad five-minute spell for their goal. And I think that's what it was. I mean... There's a few people at fault. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty. I mean, Connor lost the ball, as you said. Uh, James McCarthy could have been in a better position for it. Uh, it was a good ball through, but he was Nedelev, Nedelov, whatever it is. Um, let me see. Can I get his name better here? Nedelev, I think his name is. And he played. He now it was a lovely pass through to Kroyev, and uh, he did finish it well. The gap between John Egan and Shane Duffy was was just far too big. I mean, that's where positioning, everything didn't look right. Um, not sure which of them. I think maybe Shane is taking a bit more of the blame, but um, it certainly didn't. It didn't look good. So there is. I mean, there is a learning curve. I mean, we are we are going to be a lot prettier to watch, but ultimately, as a fan. All I want to see is us win. I mean, I want us to win. Right, it's great that we're playing good football and we will be playing better football under Stephen Kenny than we've played for years. But we also have to, to win and that's where the pressure is going to come. And I mean, but he has to be given time. And I've said this a, a few times before. It's a new style of play. We're going to have new players and uh, he really has to get time. And I'm just afraid that possibly the Slovakia game is coming too soon in a month's time. 
Well, I think I was I was blown away by the the negativity comments um, after the game and stuff like that. And I will come to that uh, after we kind of talk about the rest of it. But as you say, he does need time, and you know it's not going to be a, a case of he's had two training sessions with the team. He's not going to be able to just change them magically overnight. And anybody who's played any sort of football at any sort of level will know that you can't just decide one day to just turn around and play a, a system. I think it's going to work. All but the professional footballers. Yeah. But they're not a club team where they can work on it for Monday to Friday and then go out and try and perfect it on a Saturday. Sure, clubs in England, or not clubs in England, but clubs all over the world do that week in, week out and still get it wrong. You know what I mean? He's had two days. I think people need to get off that side of it and just kind of get behind it. You were saying there about we wanting to win games. Yeah. I'm sure Mick McCarthy and Martin O'Neill wanted to go out and win games too. But they had a certain way of playing that they thought was effective. And, you know, we didn't lose more often than not. And still people weren't happy. I'd rather our team go out, play good football, try to win. And if we lose, we lose. But we play good football. Yeah, OK, after after time, if it's not going right, I would get frustrated. But, I mean, we didn't we didn't lose the game. Like, and people were going mad. Now, I will say, after their goal went in, I didn't think we looked like scoring. And at the... You know, especially when it came up and he'd used all the subs. I mean, one might as well talk about the subs coming on. Yeah, he brought on Robinson. He brought on Robbie Brady for James McCarthy. So he brought on all attacking subs. He brought on Shane Long. And then he brought on Callum Robinson. Now, two of those subs I thought done really well. Brady and Long. I thought Callum Robinson was non-existent. Um, much like O'Dowd in the second half. I thought a lot of our players faded. But again, you've got to remember that the lads are still in preseason too. And they're not going to be as fit. I know the season ended a while ago, but they've all been on holidays and stuff like that. Come straight back in, play a competitive fixture like this. It's going to be tough. It's like when teams go play a Champions League qualifier or a Europa League qualifier after coming in on pre-season and they have the kind of earlier qualifying games. It's kind of like that in a way where you always see teams struggle, no matter if they're good, bad or indifferent. And I think, you know, when our subs came on, I thought Robbie Brady looked really effective for the first time in a long time. I think he actually scared the Bajazes out of them. And Shane Long, he didn't do a whole lot, but he pressed and he pressed and he pressed and he was running at them and he was direct. And I think that's what we were lacking. Um, with Ida, I think he got tired after time. Connolly, I have to say, the whole time was uh, was an absolute live wire. And I thought if anyone was going to score, it was going to be him. He did have that chance where he got in Either played him in, I thought he was going to volley it in over the keeper, but it wasn't to be. But like the second half, we didn't have that many chances, and I did go on kind of come up to I think around the eighty-third minute. I was like, oh no, I think we're, I don't see us getting a goal back here. And but for that persistence by Robbie Brady at the end to win that corner, and then he obviously whips it in, and Shane Duffy scores that fantastic header. And I was delighted for him because he's obviously gone through a lot of stuff recently with losing his dad and. You know, I was fortunate enough to, to know his dad and he was a great man and he loved watching Shane play and to see him captain. I remember how happy he was back in Denmark when Shane captained the team and he was telling me after, he was like, that's it, you know, that's that's the icing on the cake. for him. That was the icing on the cake for him. So I'm so happy that he got to see him captain, him, captain Ireland and then obviously Shane was captain again last night and I, I, I knew, I could tell by him, he really wanted to get that goal to kind of rectify the their goal because that doesn't normally happen. But look, 
again, he's only after getting a low move to Celtic. I think he'll be sharper as time goes on. So I don't think we need to worry about him so much. Fantastic goal. And we got out of jail there, I think. And he was get like himself, uh he wasn't celebrating, he pretty much ran back to the halfway line. He was he wanted to get another goal. Because you could see that the lads were very disappointed. And Stephen Kelly said after the game, like we we if we had a lost that game, it would have been a travesty. We never deserved to I agree. Lose. I, I don't think we deserve yeah, we didn't deserve to lose it. I just go back one thing, and I will say in defense of Martin O'Neill and Mick McCarthy, I mean the strength of the team, and I've said this before, is in our let's say back five with Darren Randolph and our defence. Yeah. So we are we are very solid, and Mick McCarthy and Martin O'Neill played to that. Uh, now Martin O'Neill played very much traditional British style of football. I think that's all he's ever played that I can remember. He did it with Celtic, with Leicester, with Wickham. He was very effective, and it worked. And it was ugly to watch, but he got results particularly back in his heyday. And before things started going wrong in 20, the end of 2017, 2018, we were tough to beat. We didn't look like scoring, but we could nick a goal from a set piece. Now, because of the way we're playing, we're definitely a lot more attractive to watch. I mean, that's the way Mick, that's the way Mick did it as well. So Mick had a set up to defend well and hopefully Nick a goal from a set piece. And we didn't really look like scoring a lot of goals even under Mick. I mean, three goals in the two games, 180 minutes against Gibraltar and uh, some horrendous possession stats under Mick. But we were hard to score against. So we've lost some of the, the, the um, well, the, the certainty at the back because we are more vulnerable, more open. But we are a lot better on the eye. And I think the creativity will come I think the worrying thing was yeah you're right about Robbie Brady and I mean it was a sign that Stephen really went for it because we were a bit more creative Robbie played really well but you t- take off your holding midfield player and you bring on Robbie who's a very attacking player did very well to win the corner also deliver the corner now Shane had a great chance with a free header in the 87th minute as well which went just wide. So the Bulgarians should have got a warning that it was coming but thankfully they didn't and great corner from Robbie Brady, really lovely outswinger, and Shane, um, brilliant header, great goal, and it's the least we deserved. I mean, we definitely deserved a draw. There's no question that we deserved to lose that game. I mean, again, look at the stats, 63% percent possession. We had far more passes. I mean, normally it's the other way around. We're looking at those stats. So, yeah, yeah it was great. Um I, w- I was happy with the point. I mean, it's it is going to be a learning curve. We were never going to be world beaters or anything straight away. I mean, it is going to take time, and I really hope Stephen is getting the time. I, I was very disappointed about the negativity. I mean, I got some response, and I, I I don't mind from from me saying being people critical of me. That's okay. But some of the negativity when I was talk putting out those possession stats and people saying, yeah, but it's still nil-nil. And then when we went to goal down, it was like, yeah, what, the only stat that matters is the one on the scoreboard and everything. And you do see games. I mean, you see games with 70 80%. I mean, it's actually happened to Man City a lot this year, and it's been a problem for Pep Guardiola, that they've had 70 80% possession and they've lost the games. No. Pep is arguably the best manager in the world. Well, certainly one of the top two or three anyway. And uh, 
they still lost quite a number of games. And he plays the game. I mean, I think Stephen is probably... I'm not saying he's in the mold of Pep Guardiola, but he wants to play the game the right way. And it, there's very much that um, that that's in his mindset. He did it with Dundalk. Anyone who follows the League of Ireland should not be surprised at the way we played because that is the way Stephen Kenny's teams play. He did it with Dundalk in the Europa League. When Dundalk played in the group stages of the Europa League, they did not play like a traditional British or Irish. Some people get hung up if they talk about our clubs as being a British style of play. But a lot of the time, we actually do play a very similar style. Under Martin O'Neill, under Jack Charlton, we were kind of the traditional, old-fashioned British style of play. Stephen Kenny was totally different style with Dundalk in the Europa League. So it's not a surprise yeah. that what he was doing. Yeah, but look, this, there's going to be moaners no matter what you do. And I had people commenting on their Instagram or whatever, and they seem to be, you know, in, more so in favour of the stuff that we'd be putting out, where it's kind of like with Stephen Kenny when he picked the squad. I mean, people were saying he did, had too little defenders, too many attackers. And when it was the other way around with Mick uh, or O'Neill, it was too many defenders, not enough attackers. And it's just like that. Too damned if you do, damned if you don't. And you're going to get moaners no matter, you, no matter what you do. And I just get annoyed about it because... I don't think it's Stephen Kenny cares. I don't think he. I don't think he actually gives a, gives a shit what what people moan about online. I, I wouldn't say he has any sort of social media at all. But I just think from his point of view, he's probably looking at some of the people who I read some of the comments and I want questions that have any of these players ever played football or any of these people comment that never played football in their lives because anyone I know that's a football person or any player or ex player that played under Stephen Kenny just thinks the same as we do. Like, the guy needs time. He's had two training sessions. And if you're expecting miracles, you're you're, you're sadly mistaken. We are going to need... It's total different change of style of play that they're all trying to get used to. Uh, some of them may never play that with their clubs. So it might be a total change. Some probably play with their clubs. So I know Sheffield United kind of play that type of way where they kind of get amongst you, press. But it's kind of... It's kind of... What did John Egan call it before? What a controlled chaos or something, something like that. But it was kind of a they do get on the ball and they do play a nice brand of football and they, they get about the pitch. But I think Enda tried to do that last night. Obviously, John doesn't really, he, he's kind of the anchor there at the back. But I just, yeah, I, I don't agree with the, the negativity. I think this is going to be a work, uh, a, a work in progress and. I think people need to get off his back a little bit and just let like let him play a couple of games. You've got to remember, some of those younger lads will need time to adapt to playing international football. You're playing against the top-level players from every country. So it's not like you're just going out and you're playing a, a crappy team on a Sunday in in the Championship. No disrespect to a team in the Championship or whatever, but you know what I mean. You're playing against the best of the best of their country and you're part of the best, the best of our country. So to be going out, you're not going to always have your best game at international level. Like uh, this is a very basic thing, and, and most people will know. But I think like someone like Connolly, I think a couple more games, gets a goal. I think his confidence will be through the roof for us. I think he's just desperate to get that one goal, and he'll take off. Then I think Ida, I think a goal. I think he'll take off as well. 
and we still have good up and coming players coming through there and we just need to kind of get behind the manager trust in his uh, decisions he made big decisions last night and I backed him and I thought it was the, the correct decision you'll know how much of a big Seamus Coleman fan I am and from, just from a defensive point of view I, I, I don't think he should ever be overlooked I think he should be in every squad up until he can't run anymore because of what he brings the uh, and kind of the way he carries himself I mean if Roy Keane talks about him so highly I think that goes to show what kind of professional he is I think um, one of the journalists asked Jeff Hendrick the other day what you know the last dance who would remind you most of Michael Jordan he actually said Seamus Coleman probably in terms of that will to want to win so look I think the fact that he's left some of those players out shows he's not afraid of making a big decision I think some of those players will probably come back in against Finland. Just, I think he'll mix things up a little bit. Not a whole lot, but I think he'll mix things up. Should be interesting to check out my starting 11 show tomorrow. But, um, yeah, look, I think we should be positive going into the Finland game. I'm not sure how you're feeling about it, but I think we should be positive going into it. And I'll kind of let you finish off and talking about kind of Finland. We'll be doing our own preview as well, but just kind of, being positive towards that or how are you going to feel towards it's going to be our first home game under Stephen Kenny? Yeah, I mean, I am feeling positive about it. I'll be roaring at the TV on Sunday. Um, I I think, look, I'm I'm happy really with the way things are going. And as I said, I just hope Stephen is given the time. One of the things I did talk about in the three talking points is, and, and, and I actually don't think Stephen's going to do this because he has his way of playing. But, Paul, I couldn't agree more with you about James Coleman. I think he's been a fantastic player, a fantastic servant. I think there is a way of getting himself and Matt Doherty in the same uh, starting lineup, and that's to go three at the back, go with three centre-halves and put Seamus in. And and Matt has been playing that way with Wolves and Enda Stevens as well. And John Egan is used to playing as a three. And it could get rid of some of the defensive vulnerability. Now, I know you lose it further up the pitch, I don't know if Stephen will actually do that, but I think that would probably make us more solid at the back and we could still pass the ball out. Um, he spoke and about he it, Seamus, one of our top. So, he spoke about it uh, and, uh, in the press conference. He said he didn't have enough time to work on a tree at the back, so it wasn't something he went into. So he stuck with the 4 tree tree. That's what he said. He, I, did think he, I don't think he ruled it out for the okay. future. But I think he just didn't have enough time to kind of to, to, to work on that system, he said. Okay. All right. I, I wasn't on that conference. So, um, yeah. So maybe that's something he could look at. It's not something he, he, he tended to do a lot. I mean, he normally did play with a four. But, um, yeah, it's something to look at because I think that would get Seamus and Matt in the team because I, I think Matt Doherty has to start. He's the only person. And I don't think he had a great game, but... He, He's the only player we have at, at the traditional, what's now the top six clubs in the Premier League. I know they don't finish in the top six necessarily, but he's the only player we have at one of those clubs. And I'm expecting him to start regularly for Tottenham. So, yeah, I I, I think we should look at three at the back. I hope Stephen is given time. The concern I have is the Slovakia game. We've only got one game and a couple of training sessions before Slovakia. And uh, with the home finals here next June, it really is absolutely crucial that we qualify. And 
it's going to be difficult. Now, I don't think there's a huge amount between ourselves, Slovakia, Bosnia, and Northern Ireland. I think the four of us are probably much of a muchness. And uh, certainly if Stephen could get us to the Euros, that would buy him an awful lot of time. And so, well, we'll see what Sunday brings. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I like the way we're playing. I like the style. And I think the team is just going to get better and better. And I just hope Stephen is given the time. I think ultimately he'll be he'll be judged on the job he does for the qualifying for the World Cup more so. But uh, yeah, as you say, look, I think it's it, we move on now to Finland. We didn't lose the game. We go on try get the win on Sunday, and I think four points out of six would be a nice way to, to finish off this particular international break. Not saying it's definitely going to happen, but it'd be nice to do. Yeah, hopefully we hopefully we'll get the win on Sunday. I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I think we can beat them. Okay, well I think we'll we'll leave it there on the final word. Um, I suppose the final word is time. In this uh, in this instance, but uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you do so. Now we're on the road to 10k. We have to get to 9k first, but we're nearly there. So we need you guys to get us to 10k. So if you're a returning subscriber and you enjoy the videos, please subscribe below. And uh, don't forget to give the video a like. It helps the channel out. And um, as well as that, if you haven't checked out our new merchandise, I'll leave um, the link in the description or in the comments. And uh, you can have a look at our merchandise. And uh, let us know if you buy a t-shirt or anything like that. There's some really good stuff on there. And we're going to add to it now. It's only launched this week. So we're going to add more and more stuff to it. So uh, Gary... I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for watching, guys. Um, we'll speak to you all soon.